Welcome! This is the CGMI Living Springs Gospel Podcast. Stay tuned as you listen to the Word of God. That you make us aware, bring us into a consciousness of your holiness. Not just your holiness, but our holiness derived directly from you. As your word comes forth, a grace is released for the perfection of holiness in our lives. In Jesus' name have we prayed. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Can we give a rounding ovation, a rounding celebration to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, both on site and online? Can we just keep clapping for the Lord Jesus? Can we just give him worship? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, choir. This evening, we are teaching on the topic, the fundamentals of holiness. Everyone say the fundamentals of holiness. The fundamentals of holiness. Praise Jesus. Yeah, this song I like very well, this reggae song. Without holiness, without holiness. No man can see the Lord. Praise Jesus. <laughs> Some people don't know the song. You have to, you have to be an 80s. <laughs> you have to be an 80s, an early millennial or a 70s person to know that song. Hallelujah. The reason this month, every morning on Sunday for 30 to 40 minutes in School of the Word, we are talking about holiness. And on Thursdays, we're also be going to be talking about holiness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, when people hear holiness, they are afraid. They are worried about holiness. It is a big issue for many Christians when they hear about what? Holiness. I think, I think that the reason why people are scared or worried when they hear the word holiness is because they are aware, everyone is very aware of their shortcoming. Praise Jesus. Everybody, once you are a believer in Christ, you understand how much deficient you are when, you're, you, when you want to meet the standards of the holiness of God. And it's interesting because especially people like us who preach the grace message, the teaching on holiness is very important because the fight and the argument against the grace of God, even in Christian circles, is the fact that people now use, take the opportunity of the grace of God, of teaching the full gospel on the grace of God, Take it as a license to discard holiness in daily living. 
So it means for us who come to the full spectrum, who teach the grace of God, it means that the teaching on holiness must also be taught in the full spectrum of what it is. Hallelujah. The standard of the Lord is sure. It will not shift for anyone. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Okay. So, for the people who have not attended School of the Word, let us start from the top. What is holiness? What do you think holiness is? From the use of the word in scripture, holy, the word holy has two usages, two major usages. In Aramaic, in the Old Testament, the word kadosh, kadosh, is used. You know, this song I like also very much. You reign, the ancient Zion's king, kadosh, kadosh, you are mighty on your throne. Kadosh is means sacred. What does it mean? Sacred. It means sacred. Set apart for sacred use. Hallelujah. Another word they use is hagesmo. Hagesmosis, which also means, that's in the New Testament, which means purification. Moral purity. Are we together? I'm starting from there so that I can, you can have an understanding or a full understanding of what the word holiness and the usage of holiness for the believer means. Let's open to our first scripture, Leviticus 19, verse 2. Leviticus 19, verse 2. And I will use that scripture as the bedrock for the introduction. Leviticus 19, verse 2. It says, speak, and the Lord spake to Moses, saying, speak to all the congregation of the children of Israel, and say to them, what, one, two, three, go, you shall be holy, for I, the Lord, am what? Holy. You shall be holy, for I am what? Holy. Are we together? That's what Leviticus 19 verse 2 says in the Old Testament. So, when we talk about holiness, we're not just talking about um, a characteristic or a trait of God. We are talking about the essence of his person. Who he is. He is sacred. He is pure. So, in order to serve him, you must meet his stand. You must be like him. And what is that? Holy, just as he's holy. The measure of your holiness the standard for the measurement of your holiness is not what you think is holy. It's not what a set of rules and regulations set by man or what holiness is. The standard, the SI unit for holiness is who? God. Are we together? It means that God is unique, God is matchless, God is incomparable to no, nothing that you have ever seen or heard or imagined. 
There is no worldly standard that meets the holiness of who? Of God. There is no worldly form of righteousness or goodness that compares with the holiness of God. So, in Isaiah 40, verse 25, Isaiah 40, verse 25, God himself issues a challenge. God says, in Isaiah 40, verse 40, verse 25, he says, who will compare to me? Who, to whom then will ye liken unto me? Or shall I be equal? Says who? The Holy One. He is so outstanding in his holiness that when is saying, if you can find anybody, bring the person, let us see. It's just a challenge. So, there is nothing, there is no man, man lacks the capacity to meet the holiness of God. Man on his own, by himself, lacks the ability, the innate capacity to measure up to the holiness of God. Are we together? So, the next level of our teaching is, so if you say man cannot measure up to the holiness of God, what now makes a person holy? How can a person be what? Holy. Measure up to that standard. Number one. We'll start from Exodus 3. We'll start from the Old Testament where the, the, the Exodus 3 chronicles the story of Moses in the burning bush. And Moses at this time was away, had run away from Egypt and was heading sheep in the wilderness. And Moses, on one of his rounds, heading sheep, grazing cattle, was a shepherd, came across a burning bush. I believe that Moses had gone through that place, as passed that area before. He had seen that bush before. But today, on this very cool day, the bush was on fire. However, the grasses were not being burned. And immediately Moses approached the burning bush in verse 3. And in his inquiring, God tells him to take off his shoes because where he's standing is what? Holy ground. If Moses had passed that place before, that's in Exodus 3 verse 5, what, all of his, what now all of a sudden made that place holy? I'm asking everybody a question. For those in here, those online can respond also. What made that thing holy all of a sudden that basically has been wearing shoe to pass? All of a sudden, they say, you cannot use shoe to near here. Take off your shoes. What made it holy? What made that place holy was the presence of God. What does it made that place holy? The presence of God. Because God in himself is holy Wherever God is, wherever God rests, that place carries the character, or that thing carries the character and the traits of God. 
I'll give you another example that I like very much. In the book of Daniel, the Bible chronicles about how that after Nebuchadnezzar had sacked Jerusalem, he took, he took everything in Solomon's temple, the gold and all the items that, was, that were set apart for sacrifice and worship of God. And that after Nebuchadnezzar had left the throne and his son Belshazzar took over the throne, one day, the guy was feeling good. He was feeling himself. And was enjoying his power. And he wanted to host a party. And he had plenty of gold cups in his house. But he said, no, he didn't feel like using them. And he went and told them to bring the kadosh, the holy utensils meant for the, service, the, the worship of God in the temple in Jerusalem. And said they should bring all the gold things out that he wants to use it to feast, drink, and be merry. For God's sake, if you think about it, those things were just cup. It's cup and plate. Is it not cup and plate? Is it not cup and it's cup now? Possibly is it not cup? It's cup. But immediately he started throwing the party with the things, with the holy item from the temple. What happened? A handwriting hand came and wrote on the wall. Mene, mene, take care. You have been placed on the scale and found one thing. And the Bible chronicles that that same day, that guy died. What differentiated? I'm sure there were other cups that he had that were maybe more adorned than the cups of the temple. What made that one holy? What made that one special? was simple, those cups were holy because they had been set apart for the worship of God. Like I was teaching in, 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 school, of, in school of the Word, in one of the classes, I said, this pulpit, right, is a pulpit. You can see it anywhere. We can turn this place to a conference center tomorrow and bring a pulpit exactly like this one. And say, pulpit, right? In itself, in the market, it is not holy. (laughs) Are we together? However, whatever is set apart for the worship of God, in fact, I want to say animal, person, place, or thing, for that thing to meet the requirements of the worship of God, the Sin now becomes holy because it drags its holiness, its sacredness from the person that the sin is used to worship. Do you understand? In itself, it is not special. Let me use a very interesting example for all of us in our houses. I many of us have special plates and special spoon in your house? Okay, let me give I used to, For instance, you hear that Reverend Duke, our senior pastor, coming to your house, for instance, or you hear that maybe Bishop Feb or any, or let us say Stonewall is coming to your house. Men might not care, but women will bring out special, and they say they want to eat. You will bring out something special. You will bring out a special plate. 
I don't know about women these days, but I know that my mother, Pastor Fidelis mother, <laughs> there are some plates and some cups that are untouchable. You know, just say you want to eat beans, you just gonna bring that plate. It is what's wrong with you? What did they do you? You see, what's wrong with you? You must wait until there's a special dignitary coming, and you bring out those plates and those spoons. What makes those plates and those spoons special? They might be ceramic or glass, like some other glass plate in the house. It's because they have been set apart for sacred use. The worship of a person. Do you understand what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to say? The day your mom says this plate is now everyday plate, anybody and anything can use that, that plate. The, 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 the uniqueness as given to that plate is based on the organ of the house saying this thing is so. So that thing becomes what? So. The special plate in some people's house is the plate children used to eat in some other people's house. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? A special plate in one house can be the regular plate in another person's house. What makes it special or not? is use. You must understand that. What makes it special, what makes a thing holy or not, is what? Use. You must put that in your mind because other teachings will build up on that. What makes a thing holy or not in the Christian faith is what? Use. What makes a thing holy or not is what? Use. Okay. Let's go up. In order, idea number one, in order for anything to be holy, it must be connected to the source of holiness. I've explained that already. If it's not connected to the source of holiness, it is not holy. And that, that, that the source of holiness is God. In Revelation 15 verse 4, it says, Who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are what? Holy. So anything set apart for the use of the worship or the use of the holy God must meet his standard, must, be, must have an equivalent rate of him, which is holy. There is no holiness in the Christian faith that is independent of the holiness of God. There are no set of rules and regulations any person can say is holiness that can be, that can be real holiness that is independent of the use of God. Let me give an example. You can... A, human, a, a person can dress very modestly and have sin in their heart and not be holy. Right? But I'm, I'm, I'll still come to the explanation. But you cannot be set apart for the use of God and, in, and have a particular mindset and the way you are dressing is meant to seduce. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Do you understand? I'm coming there. I don't know why I'm jumping. Number two. That which is holy is separated unto God as a possession. Anything that is separated to the worship of God become, becomes God's own. And that was why Belshazzar was punished for taking the things that have been set apart for the use of God, which have become his own for his personal aggrandizement. In Exodus 19 verse 5 and 6, it says, You shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, a holy nation. So he was saying that the Israelites had been set apart, and because they had been set apart unto him, 
not because of what they were doing, no, but because he has chosen them and set apart, set them apart to show forth his praises. They are now a what? Holy, the holy nation murmured. Yes? Is there no murmur? The holy nation did things that God did not like. But he punished themselves, but they were still what? The holy nation. When a person gets saved, he is connected to the source of holiness. So, how is God's holiness imputed to us now in the New Testament? Immediately we get saved, the holiness of God is imputed unto us in, in, upon we, when we receive Christ. What you receive, your sins are what? Forgiven. In the eyes of God, you are holy. Because you have been set apart for his use. You are holy. Once you receive Christ, you are holy. You don't receive the holiness of God as a result of anything you did. Your works or the actions. But rather, holiness and righteousness are imputed unto you because the holiness of Christ is imputed unto you so that you can serve God. Because if that holiness is not imputed, imputed unto you, you don't qualify. Are we together? So come into his presence and worship him. So once a person gets saved, he's connected to the source of holiness, God himself, and God separates that person unto himself, thereby claiming the person as his property. Paul communicated this truth in Corinthians when he said to them, he said, don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? Don't you know that you are God's property? Are you not aware that you have been set apart for the use of God? Don't you know that the Holy Spirit now resides in you? And for the Holy Spirit to reside in you, the Holy Spirit is God himself. It's a, it's a revelation of God himself. He cannot go and stay in a dirty place. So not because of anything you've done, but because of what Christ has done, God, there's, a, there's a prerogative on God to make you holy internally so that he can reside there and you can be fit for his use. So Paul says, don't you know? Exodus 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19 and 20. Say, don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? No, be you get yourself. You have been what? Bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God where? In your body. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Once God owns you, he has a right, he has a claim over you. What does he has? A claim over you. It is him who works in you. So, in order that he can live in you, he has made you holy and works in you so that what, what he works inside you, you can work it out. What did I say? What he works inside you, you can do what? Work it out. You are his property. So he's decorating you inside so that on the outside, in your life, you can reflect, show 
start holiness. You can be fit for his use. Second Timothy 2 verse 20. Second Timothy 2 verse 20. And it, it talks so much about use. It says, in a great house, there are how many kinds of vessels? Vessels of gold and what? And silver. And also of wood and of what? Clay. Some for honor and some for dishonor. Verse 21. It says, therefore, if anyone cleanses themselves, himself from the latter, he will be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and useful for the master, prepared for how many good works? Every good works. Number 22, verse 22. It now says, flee. He was talking to, I like this letter of Paul to Timothy. He was talking to a young guy. So he said, flee what? Youthful lust. But do what? Pursue, chase after, seek righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a what? A pure heart. Remember, I said everything, the fundamental about holiness is for you to understand use. No matter how worded you are, no matter how cleansed you are in your body, for you to be fit for the master's use, for your testimony to be, to be, to be, to be, to be sharp, for your mouth to be sharp, for you to be appropriate for use, you must pursue holiness. You must work out the holiness that has been worked inside you. When I say work, I don't like to use the word work. Because work means, it means you are striving, you are trying to show you. But you must, you must live out a holy life. There's another scripture I love so much. I love that scripture so much. And I'll read it now. 2 Corinthians 7 verse 1. There's nothing that waters down the testimony of a believer than a life that is not a life that is not set apart for God. Are your sins forgiven? Yes. But your even if God is, God cannot even use you, even if He decides to use you, right? When you go out, it affects your testimony. Are we together? I like to give this example very well. I said, I will say, if for instance. You hear, some people will not even confirm. Are, you, are we together? Some people you hear, they will not even wait to confirm. You hear rumor that Pastor Amarebe Ama has impregnated seven girls in Living Springs. Will you be here this evening? Don't deceive yourself. Don't say you love me. You, love, you don't love me to that extent. <laughs> Pastor Fidelis, is it not true? Or you hear that I'm now doing Yahoo. Yeah. You, 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 some of you will not even verify. They say, ah, Pastor Amma, since lockdown, you know when they come out to. Now, house is they day. Now, are they following us? Are they staying in your house now? Now, Yahoo, they do now. God will now bless me. And now, maybe mistakenly clip dreadlocks. I don't enter one chance. <laughs> Does that mean God has not forgiven my sin? Does it, not, does it mean he has not forgiven my sin? He has forgiven my sin. But which mouth do I want, what do I want to tell you? 
Tell me what I, you, can you please tell me what I want to tell you? So, am I appropriate for use? Am I not impairing my use of God, the use of God in my life? Many of you, the reason why you cannot preach, you're afraid of evangelism, is because you are not living out what God is working in inside you. You can you preach? How many of you can boldly wake up tomorrow morning? We are doing evangelism in your compound and you go and share God's word and you believe that the person will really hear you. You know you can share because I follow you, they say, ah, you would go face. But when you are, you are doing that, you will know that they are not listening to you. How many of you can confidently post about the salvation message, the gospel of Christ, on your Instagram page after you have finished doing Coke Pocket? After you have finished doing all the funny TikTok videos and trends? They say, if a, an unbeliever say, if you, if you say they talk about Jesus Christ, that means that they go even just go and sit down. That's what Bishop Wally says. Just go and sit down in your house. Sit down on the ground and cry. Cry like somebody died. Just be crying. Are we together? Just cry. If anybody, any of your friends can say, ah, you they go to church and laugh at you. Say, ah, you say they go to church. <laughs> just cry. Just sit down on the ground and do what? Cry. Because you have affected your witness. Doesn't mean Jesus doesn't love you. But let me tell you, for you to be set apart for you, the reason reason one of you are not used by God is because you have not... (laughs) Okay, let me read 2 Corinthians 7 verse 1. 2 Corinthians, therefore, having these promises. So Paul was talking to the Corinthians. He said, therefore, these sweet, sweet promises of God are upon you. Therefore, when you have received these promises, oh, you are saved. You are saved. You are saved once you believe in Jesus. Um, there's nothing else that can hold you bound. Your sins are forgiven. Your past, present, and future sins are forgiven. You have stepped into the family. Everything that's true about Christ is true about you. You are healed. You are prosperous. Right? After you finish collecting all these promises in your back pocket. Say, beloved, let us do what? Cleanse ourselves. I need to, the pastor Phyllis are going to teach about this cleansing. Right? Because God has already cleansed you. But what he's trying to say is that let you, in your body, you put your body under subjection. Right? Some people are saying it's difficult to be, it's not difficult to be holy. You're already holy. It's already inside. Right? What you do is to work out, work it out. There's this scripture that says in Philippians, it says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That's why some people end it. But they've forgotten that that scripture continues and says, for it is God that works in you both to will and to do. Right? It's not hard to be holy. It's not hard to live a holy life. It's not hard. Because the ability to do it is already given to you. And to do it is is God that works it out. He says, so, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit. I will turn there, I will talk about the filthiness of the spirit. The filthiness of the spirit is strange doctrine. What does the filthiness of the spirit is? Strange doctrine. I will talk about it another day. Cleanse ourselves from all the filthiness of the flesh. That means all these small, small misbehavior that are misbehaving. 
because of one boy or because of one girl, you'll be doing anyhow. You'll be, you'll be watering down your witness. Because of one boy or one small money, someone telling they are loving you, you are sleeping around. Ever looking at me. The love of things are said from the filthiness of the flesh and the spirit. Doing what? Perfecting holiness and the fear of God. I like that word, perfecting holiness. Do you know what perfecting means? I, and this is the sweetest way to understand it. It's not that it means that you are now making the holiness perfect. No. If you, if for instance, you buy land, are we together? And you want to sign a, the, the, the document that we transfer the land to you, right? The process of executing that, the process of signing is also called execution. People that say land knows, no. The process of executing or signing that deed is what is called perfection. Making it your own. So that's what Paul is saying there in that word. He's not saying that you are the one that's perfect, making the holiness perfect. No, you don't, you don't, have, that, you don't have that level. You understand? You know rich. Because the perfecter of the holiness, the owner and the perfecter of the holiness is God. It means let us execute holiness. Let us live out holiness in the fear. The fear here is not dread. Say they fear God, they shake. In the reverence, the respect, the love, the reverence of God. First Peter 2.9. But here a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You remember in Exodus, he said the Israelites were holy. But all of us who have given our life to Christ and are receptors or people who receive the New Testament, who receive the New Testament in his blood, receive the new life of Christ, he has made us a what? A holy nation. A holy nation. That we might live out that holiness. That he might show forth the praises that we might do what? Show forth the praises of him who has called us what? Out of darkness into the marvelous light. When he says show forth his praises, it does not mean singing fast song on a Sunday morning. It means showing the character, showing the graciousness, showing the nature of God. Showing forth the nature of God who has brought us out of darkness. The reason why we are given holiness, the reason why we have to live holy, is because one of the most important things that a Christian ought to do in this life is influence it. And the only way you can influence it is by living out the life of God. Living out the life of God. In where everybody says this is the norm, by the time you go there and you live out the life of God, they say it is possible, it can be done. You can be a holy business person. An upright business person. Based on God's standards. Because you are directed to the source of holiness. As a young person, you can live a life that is morally pure. You have the ability to live it out. Why are you living it out? Why are you perfecting? Why are you executing such holiness? Is that you might show forth the praises of him who has brought you out of darkness into your marvelous life. The moment you miss it is where you think on your own you are holy. Or because you are, you are, doing, you are acting a particular way you are holy. You don't have any holiness. Your holiness does not cut it. 
Are we together? Because one scrap boy says he will marry you, you are sleeping around with him. There is an inseparable relationship between holiness and obedience to God. There is an inseparable, you cannot be holy and not obey God. What are you obeying? Obedience is used, holiness is used. Leviticus 20, verse 7 to 8. It says, sanctify yourselves. I like that scripture so much. I love it so much. I've thought about it like two or three years ago. It says, sanctify yourselves, therefore. This is in the Old Testament. And be holy. For I am the Lord your God. And you shall keep my statutes. And perform them. I am the Lord that does what sanctifies you. Are you not seeing the paradox there? Look at it. Read it again. If you sabi English, you know that there's something. Yes, if you sabi English and you read this, you know that something is off here. He first tells us in the Old Testament, say sanctify yourself. Right? Sanctify yourself. Be holy. Then in the end, he now says, it is me. The responsibility for sanctification, who owns it? Who owns it? He says, sanctify yourself, but I am the one that will sanctify you. Sanctify yourself, but for I am the Lord that does what? Sanctifies you. It means that as far as the Old Testament, the ability to keep the law of God, the, the ability of the human to keep the law of, law of God, the capacity, the enablement, to keep the law of God, was already put in demand by God himself. Are we together? It was not a work of personal overzealousness or personal capacity. For those of us who have sat under this teaching of grace, who, have, who knows what the grace of God accomplishes for us, We also have to live what? We also have to live what? In fact, we, if in fact, eh, the reason why people are fighting us is because of this holiness matter. They think that because we are teaching the grace of God, it's an opportunity to do what? Wave holiness. The grace of God does not wave holiness. The grace of God enables holiness. There is no man that can keep the law of God by himself if not for grace. Are we together? You cannot beat, you cannot beat sin out of a person. You cannot advise sin out of a person. You cannot, you cannot make rules and regulations to keep sin away from a person. The only thing that can take sin out of man has been the grace of God. And it is that grace of God that makes holiness available and, and us able to do it. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. If I, know, if I said that someone was going to buy a new car this month, everywhere we scatter. You are blessed. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's the one you want to hear. 
You are lifted. I see it. I see it. I see it. There are five cars, three visas everywhere we scatter. I'm talking about holiness now. Everybody say, in Jesus, amen. <laughs> it just shows you where your mind really is. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Fundamentals of holiness. Lastly, to be holy, you must obey. To live out holiness, you must obey God's word. Like I said in Leviticus, there's no way. You cannot say you are you are living you are perfecting holiness. Pastor Obey has talked about this during the lockdown. So go to on our YouTube channel. There's a full 35, 40 minute sermon on just perfecting holiness. It's there. Pastor Obey did a teaching on that on YouTube. Go and watch it. There's no way you can say you are perfecting holiness. You are executing holiness. You are living out holiness. And you are disobedient to God's word. Hallelujah. Can we just pray? On Sunday morning, we'll continue teaching about sanctification holiness and the fundamentals of holiness and next Thursday, by the grace of God, Pastor Fidelis will be here teaching and doing another exposition on the topic. So I just want us to close our eyes and pray. We've heard about holiness. He said in, in, in the book of Hebrews, Paul was writing to the Jews and said, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man can see the Lord. It means that if you don't take holiness seriously, very soon you will stop believing the gospel message. And the only way a person can lose their salvation is when they stop believing that Jesus died for them. And I can promise you, I promise you, believe that Jesus died for you and start living anyhow. After a while, you start to take that thing in vain. You start to take it for granted. In fact, you will not be believing it again. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. And we'll be caught up in the cloud with him. I'll be caught up in the cloud with him. But the question I'll ask you before Jesus comes, are you executing, are you living a life of holiness? Are you fit for his use? I think church is just to come and sit down and be looking and be looking and be looking. No, church, you have to be. If God wanted you to come to heaven instantly, immediately you give your life to Christ, you will die or he will rapture you. He kept you here for his use. Are you fit for his use? Remember, your judgment is going to be a judgment of works. You're not going to be judged for sin. So, And the only way you can be used, the only way you can be used is when you are set apart. Let's pray. Say, Lord, I want to walk worthy of my calling. I want to be conscious of your holiness. I want to stay aware, conscious of your holiness. I want to stay aware and conscious of my holiness derived from you. That I may live a holy life. Thank you for listening to the CGMI Living Springs Gospel Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at CGMI underscore L Springs.